Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're here today to discuss an historical piece of 90s cinema. A true, truly bizarre series of events from start to finish. Um, yeah, probably... The most incoherent children's film I've ever watched. Uh, to call this a children's film it's is... It's a stretch. Yeah. It's <laughs> a stretch. But, I mean, that was the intent, I'm assuming. Well, we're here today to discuss trash classic, the 90s answer to Blade Runner. It's Theodore Rex. <laughs> in, released in 1995, directed by Jonathan R. Betuel. I see, I see that's how you pronounce his surname. He directed My Science Project, well, not, not My Science Project, but A Science Project, an episode of CBS Summer Playhouse, two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. The, he's a writer of The Last Starfighter and a co-founder of Captain America The Winter Soldier. What does co-founder mean? I have mean? no idea. Okay. Uh, it was made on a budget of $33.5 million and released straight to video. Yeah. I'm assuming in the trivia, you'll acknowledge that that wasn't the intent. <laughs> That's why we have the, you know, the fears. Yeah. So, uh, crew members left constantly during production. And Wood Goldberg, the star of the film, once said that on her final day of shooting, 99% of the crew was from, uh, was different from the first day. Yeah. <laughs> no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, most of the actors signed on thinking the dinosaur would be computer enhanced. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think the dinosaur, the dinosaur looked that The dinosaur bad. looks fucking terrifying, Chris. For 90... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it always it was going to look terrifying. I mean, have you seen his eyes? But it, it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't look that bad for 95. I mean, yes, it could have done with some computer enhancement. Because um, it does look weird. But, I mean... It moves. <laughs> it's not like it's not like some cheapo shitty thing. No, um, it's it's not like it's, a kids it's, party dressed up as a dinosaur. It is it's bizarre to watch. Let's let's just say yeah. that. Yeah, um, Whoopi Goldberg made a verbal agreement to star in this film in nineteen ninety three when she tried to back out. <laughs> Producer Richard Gilbert Abramson. Uh, sued her for $20 million. The suit was settled very quickly when Goldberg agreed to star in the film for $7 million, $2 million more than the original agreement. I... I mean, a verbal agreement? Does that even hold up in court? Apparently so. I mean, who... You know, if she hadn't signed anything... But I suppose... I don't want to get too much into I mean, the politics of Hollywood, but I'm assuming... You know, she did feel that maybe, even if she didn't think the lawsuit would go through, it would still be a bit of a, a burden on her career. Apparently she continually wanted to, continuously wanted to leave the film during the production and it shows. You can see it in her face, <laughs> absolutely. The fact that she was paid $7 million for such a shit low energy yeah. performance is ridiculous. I suppose, I suppose technically she got the last laugh in the end, really. Oh, yeah, she she walked through this film asleep. Like, it, it's ridiculous. But for $7 million. For $7 million. Also, I mean, pretty much destroyed her career. 
Oh, I don't she's, know. I mean, was Sister Act after this? Sister Act was before oh, okay. this. So she won her Oscar for Ghost in 91. Mm-hmm. So the film Ghost, I think, was 1991. Um, so she, that's when she won her Oscar. And then she obviously got her real starring, big budget starring roles. Sister Act. Um, Sister Act 2, I think, was after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh no, I think Sister Act 2 was before this, actually. Well, this is 95. Yeah. So, I do think it really didn't help her career. I mean, she's Whoopi Goldberg, you know, so she's she's obviously made it work afterwards. Yeah, Sister Act 2 was two years before this. Okay. So, she's, she's obviously made it work, you know, the talent speaks for itself in other roles, not this one. Um, but it must have put a dampener on her success. Yeah, I mean, she did do that Christmas film after this. She did. Um, where she plays Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, but she produced that, so that's no yeah. excuse. She's got herself to, to blame for that one. Uh, this is the first and so far only director video film to be nominated for a Razzie. I'm assuming it's Worst Picture and Worst Actress. Uh, I am going to assume so too. Shall I have a little note? Yeah. Have we not got that? Um, let's have a little look. I mean... It's definitely an easy target, especially for Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, after winning an Oscar and then doing a film like this, that is perfect razzing material. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. They do kind of go after... Sort of um, worst actress, there we Whoopi go. Goldberg. And you know what? I love Whoopi, but it's very justified. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, the film was intended for theatrical release. It tested poorly with older test audiences, so the studio released it straight to video in the US, where it can make more money in the lucrative kids' video market. Since it was completed on its original theatrical studio budget, it became the most expensive straight-to-video film ever at the time of release. It was shown theatrically in many countries, including Germany, Spain, France, Japan, Portugal, the UK, and South Africa. We could have seen this in the UK. I do not remember this film as a kid. Not at all. I, I didn't know this existed until we went to see it at the cinema, the trash cinema. Yeah, not. I'd heard of it because I was a Whoopi Goldberg fan and I used to spend way too much time going through IMDb looking at films that certain people were in. And I was aware of it. I was aware of its history. Um, But I just, I I assumed it was one of those that would just never have gotten a release. Yeah. I mean, apart from the VHS, which probably didn't last very long. No. um, you know, I didn't think it would get a DVD release, and it hasn't got a Blu-ray release, well, has it? And it's on YouTube for the world to see. It is on YouTube, that's how we watched it. The director retired from directing after this film. He felt the studio didn't market it correctly. That's not the problem, Hun. How are you meant to market this? <laughs> how can you market this fucking film? The only way they can market it is if they did what what happened with Tammy and the T-Rex and just add a bunch of gore to it and market it as an adult film. Yeah. That's the pretty only way. Yeah, really. Because this is genuinely just like a really dark adult comedy. It's it's not like a kid's film at all. Yeah, without the swearing or violence. Yeah. But then st- it kind of... You know, my... What I think the closest reference is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Going for that neo-noir, but with cartoon character thing... Um, but it does not do what 
who framed Roger Rabbit manages there's, to do. There's no doubt in my mind. The director had that in mind, but he absolutely had Blade Runner in mind when making this. Yeah. This genuinely is so close to the plot of Blade Runner, and it is ridiculous. Why you would try and translate that to a kid's film, I really don't know. Yeah, it's... And then you've got, you know, so many references in there, and we'll go through them in the podcast, that kids aren't going to get. No. We're not going to understand. <laughs> but then there's also nothing for adults, are no. <laughs> So the adults, the you know, the parents aren't going to want to put this on <laughs> for their kids. They're going to be like, oh my God, that was awful. Well, they will have to listen to this episode. Maybe. <laughs> Don't put your children through this. <laughs> put yourself through it. Put yeah. yourself through it. With lots of alcohol, probably. Uh, one of the puppeteers found it really difficult to perform in the Theodore X costume. Not only was the costume heavy, which often caused him to fall over, but he also couldn't see up or down properly, and it smelled terribly. <laughs> we could have done with some outtakes of him falling over. I mean, there's a lot of slapstick comedy in this film. We could have done with him falling over a little bit. Funny. In a 2015 interview with uh, for a Brazilian newspaper, without ever mentioning the name of the film, Whoopi Goldberg said that this is the only film she regrets making and wasn't sure why she agreed to do it. Because $7 million is on its way to your bank, Whoopi Goldberg. That's why you agreed to do it in the end. But $7 million, <laughs> yeah, but she kind of had to because they were threatening to sue her for $20 million Yeah. if she didn't do it. Um I think probably the question is, why did she make that verbal agreement know, in the first yeah. place? In 1993 as well. Like, it's after she won her Oscar. Yeah. Why would you make that? This was after Sister Act. Sister Act was a big deal. Big box office hit. Yeah. You know, so why would she agree to, unless it was sold to her differently? Did, maybe How they the didn't fu- men- <laughs> Maybe they didn't mention the dinosaur aspect. <laughs> Do you think they actually mentioned it during the scene where she's introduced to him? That's that's when she found out. Maybe. Well, no, I think we would have <laughs> I think we would have gotten a better response. Actually, <laughs> that's when she found out. So getting into the film, in an alternate futuristic society, a tough female police detective is paired with a talking dinosaur to find the killer of dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals, leading them to a mad scientist bent on creating a new Armageddon. Okay, so number one, <laughs> number one. When you think tough cop in a film, why did the producers even go to Whoopi Goldberg? I know, just get Pam Randerson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there was Linda Hamilton. Yeah. You know, there were female action stars that could have been <laughs> in this film. I just don't see why Whoopi Goldberg was the choice. Because she, I mean, that's not how she'd sort of made no her name. She'd sort of played, you know... Different roles. She did comedy, but she did drama as well. But she never did action. No. Anyway, I mean, I'm glad she. I'm glad she finally did the role because this probably wouldn't have been the same if you didn't have her to laugh at for an entire film, just looking dead behind the eyes. The <laughs> best part of the film is her performance. Carol Kane. Oh. It's it's not Carol Kane. We'll get to that one. Well, we start with an opening scroll that says, "Once upon a time in the future." At midnight tomorrow. But, okay, first of all, once upon a time in the future, that makes no sense whatsoever. No. And if you're trying to go for an, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, no, it's not the same. If you're trying to do Star Wars, it is not the same. It does not work. It's fucking dumb. It's trying to be funny, but it's nothing of the sort. 
At midnight tomorrow, billionaire Eliza Kane will launch his new Eden missile to bring on another ice age. After mankind is extinct, Kane will reanimate the pairs of all Earth's animals he keeps frozen in his ark and creates his vision of paradise. One hour ago, two workers escaped from the New Eden compound and are racing to tell the police about Kane's master plan. Um, yeah, we get these in different bullet points, by the way, just to have you yeah, keep Yeah, it reminded me of my own notes that I make. Because <laughs> mine are always bullet pointed. Um, number one, thank God for that scroll. I know, yeah. <laughs> because the film is so fucking incoherent. It, it's really convoluted for a kid's film. Like... It's all over the place. But even with that in mind and remembering that opening scroll, or trying to remember, I didn't get it all down, the film is fucking incoherent. I had no idea what was going on at any given point. The plot, like Gary said, is so convoluted that I was perplexed, (laughs) absolutely perplexed throughout the whole film. Like, who's that? Why is that? What's (laughs) happening here? You know, why is he doing this? Oh, my God. Yeah, it starts off in black and white. Now, I honestly, this is so ambitious. Um, so ambitious. This is some Zack Snyder shit. It starts off in black and white. Uh, someone steps in a puddle whilst walking around with a gun. It's, it's just like watching Nicole Kidman walk into Odeon. Yeah, well, heartbreak did not feel good in a place <laughs> like that. Um, a guy called Edge is... Uh, looking for the people who have escaped from the complex. And he's like, I have something for you. That something is a gun. He's about to commit murder. Um, it... Oh, is that what was going on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, wait, I... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He then unleashes a colour butterfly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's black and white and the butterfly is in colour. That is how ambitious this is. Um <laughs> He unleashes it onto the nose of a dinosaur and it explodes, killing him instantly. Um, then Teddy Rex wakes up to make it look like it was a dream. Make it look like it was a dream? I thought it was a dream sequence. Yeah. But it must be. So it's a, it's a dream sequence that he... He's like, oh, you know, that's so weird. I had such a weird feeling. Such a weird feeling. No, you've actually just had a complete vision of exactly what went down. <laughs> a stylish one at that. Um, Very stylish. He then calls up... Now, this is fucking bizarre. He, he absolutely calls up Carol Kane. Yeah. He calls up Carol Kane, and it's bizarre because this is not the character she plays in this no. film. And he's like, hey, this is Teddy Rex. What's up? I've got this strange feeling. Anything weird happened tonight? And Carol Kane on the other end of the phone is like, yeah, there's been a murder at Carnival Graveyard. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, I'm on my way. Hang on, you've just been told someone was fucking murdered. <laughs> I literally, I just, but also she was very complacent. Yeah. Well. I've been down, oh my, why is she so complacent? How many murders happen in this like, yeah, fucking murder. place? She's just like, yeah, murder. And I also put, isn't this a kid's film? Why are we starting with a fucking murder in a kid's film? He's like, oh, gee, oh, I better get to this murder. Oh, whoa. So he, he doesn't brush his teeth. No. Because he believes his breath is already smells like a mountain breeze. Yeah. Um, what a great message for kids. Mid-90s kids' <laughs> film, running joke, he's got bad breath. Yeah. Um, he kicks off his dinosaur slippers, yes. 
and dinosaurs wearing dinosaur slippers. Ooh. Changes out of his PJs, grabs a shower with his tail hanging out of the curtain, and freshens himself, freshens himself up. All while singing for a trip to a murder scene. Like, the whole time, like, mm, 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 mm. like he's having yes, the yes. best time. He's so excited. Someone has just been fucking murdered. I'm so pleased someone's been murdered. <laughs> he looks in the mirror, he's like, oh, you're looking good. And uh, it looks like a dino detective comic. And he's like, oh, someday. <laughs> and then he's like, goodbye, Zippy, to his dog. Um, before ordering a cookie from his cookie-shooting letterbox before leaving the flat. Yeah, he shouts, cookie. And the cookie flies into his mouth and he eats a cookie. He loves he loves cookies, what can we say? If yeah. David Lynch directed this, we'd be here now like this is art. This we is wouldn't. Five stars. We would. Even <laughs> even if that was Karl McLaughlin who shouted cookie and a cookie flew out of a machine into his mouth, we'd be like, This little this little much. Little much. He can shout uh Hello all he wants. That's fine. But Cookie is too far. <laughs> Teddy drives to the graveyard in his uh, dino-mobile. Um, which just... It's, it's really creepy. Uh, I mean, it looks like a school bus. Mixed with yeah, a taxi. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's meant to be. I think it's meant... To, isn't it like a safari bus? I have no idea. Like, there's seats at the back that, like, point outwards. Yeah. Um, it looks very dangerous, actually. There's no seatbelts <laughs> on those seats. Um... But I think it's like a safari bus. I don't know. Who the fuck cares? We get a CGI zoom out through the city and it looks like Gotham City. Um, you t- they're definitely going for Batman as well as Blade Runner. Um, they're just going for all the Warner Brothers properties uh, that they can. This is New Line Cinema though, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredible. New Line Cinema, they either get it really right or really <laughs> fucking wrong. Um... We're introduced to Katie Coltrane, which is Whoopi Goldberg, and her partner, who we never see again. No idea who that um, is. They crash down on some Batman-type villain's car, van thing, uh, and Katie half-heartedly throws some one-liners their way uh, to inform them that they're under a- arrest. Then she falls out of the van on a door and then says, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this truck, this lorry, is chasing after a guy on roller skates. Yeah. Who then gets shot and kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the um, clone guy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now it makes sense. So she, Whoopi does an action hero thing. And she's in inside the lorry and the, the floor falls out. Mm-hmm. And she's on some sort of grate or something that's attached via a wire to the lorry. Yeah. And she's trying to shoot and everything and it's not working at all. It, it, the visual is not working. No, no. She looks like she's asleep. Um, she's, she's not having the best time, bless her. No. Yeah. Um, she stops the truck, though. Um, the truck does stop, kind the bad, of. The bad guys escape. They get away. And it blows up. Um, yeah, many um, explosions in this film for kind of no reason at all. Yeah, and the only let's put an explosion in. They only kill specific people as well as these explosions. Yes, they only kill who it's convenient to kill. Yes, uh, this one kills no one, but um, but Katie and her partner do fall over in slow motion. Um, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they analyze a corpse. 
and the voice on the headset tells them everything about the corpse is unknown. Uh, a head on a small projector tells Katie she's in trouble before it cuts out. When it cuts out, uh, she says, I love it when he does that, I do. Yeah. <laughs> With that much energy. Well, her and her partner have a bit of an argument. I thought you had the front, I thought you had the back. Yeah. Because every single conversation Katie has ends in an argument. Yeah, she's fuming throughout this entire film. Fuming. Makes you wonder if the character was written that way, or if this was uh, just what we called her. She just had a nerve, she just went rogue. <laughs> Started arguing with everyone. The only it's only Sebastian she doesn't argue with. Oh yeah. Everyone else. We then cut to the scene of the dinosaur murder. Yeah. Um. We have a reporter there, giving pure gale weather. She is. She's wearing a, a luminous yellowy green. Yeah. Like, how would you just what what kind of outfit? It's, it's not a pantsuit because it's a skirt. You know um, what I mean? It's exactly yeah, the outfit it, she wears. It's, yeah. a, it's exactly a, a Gail Weber's outfit. Um, she's sent packing, isn't she? She is, yeah. She says that there's a dinosaur murder scene and there could be foul play, but she's kicked out. Of course it's foul play. It's a murder scene. <laughs> Teddy goes to the murder scene. Yeah. Um, where another cop who is as lifeless as Whoopi Goldberg yeah. in this film... Um, just reels off a long list of stuff that they haven't got. Yeah. So no motive, no witness, no suspect, no clue, no this, no, no, no. Um, Teddy then talks to himself for a bit. I have no but idea. He tells her, he's, he's like, uh, she's like, oh, how, how did you know it's come here? And he's like, I just had a feeling dinosaurs have some sort of connection. It's difficult to explain. Oh, well, that's very convenient, isn't it, yeah. for the writers? It's difficult to explain. They just have a psychic connection, all dinosaurs. They do, apparently so. I mean, it makes you look at Jurassic Park in a whole different way. They're, they're all communicating. He he feels sorry for the dinosaurs. Oh, poor dinosaur. He has a bit of a moment. Yeah, like, literally a bit. Like, a few and seconds. And then we get quite the close-up on a dinosaur corpse. Yeah. <laughs> for a kid's film... You know, that's quite the close-up. Yeah. That's not, not yeah. very nice, is it? Um, it's taken away. But then it's taken away. Yeah, the, whole, the cloth goes over, doesn't it? And yeah. It's taken away. It's like, oh my God. Spinner and Edge, two of the bad guys, uh, discuss how one of them lost the dinosaur corpse on his way back to evil headquarters. And that's it. The scene is just them talking shit. Yeah, Spinner's played by Bud Court. Um, he of... Harold and Maud fame mm-hmm. and um, Brewster McLeod, Robert Altman's first okay. film. So, I mean, not A list. Career went to a great place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but then a notable name. Notable. It was he in MASH. I think he was in MASH. But yeah. yeah. Teddy goes to a police dinner party, um, a big fancy hall, uh, and one of the cops is fuming as he's walking. He's like, hey, watch it, Tubby. Oh my god! Yeah, so rude. Um, Sebastian, a, a random kid with some connection to uh, Katie. I, I don't know what the fucking connection is. Um, but he's just there. He's watching, um, they have like little, uh, projections on circle things showing news reports because it's the future. Uh, and it's obviously talking about the dinosaur murder while showing a picture of a raccoon. Um, yeah. And he's like, elephants, lions and now raccoons. Katie... What is happening to this world? <laughs> I was really confused. I had no idea what was going on. But then Sebastian's like, uh, 
Oh, so uh, when are you going to shag my dad? Like, what the fuck? Like, he's desperate to set Katie up with his dad. I think, so now I'm trying to understand the raccoon part. So I'm assuming raccoons have been stolen. Maybe. And yeah. elephants have been stolen. Because this whole idea is two by two. Yeah, but the problem is, it doesn't work because they're showing this image whilst discussing the dinosaur murder. Exactly. And That's a completely different story. Raccoon. And also, I mean, can't they just find two raccoons in the wild? Like, why have they specifically been stolen from a zoo? I, know, I mean, yeah. that that's newsworthy. Yeah. But, you know, raccoons are, you know, wild. <laughs> you could just grab a couple of wild ones and no, and then you wouldn't have gotten all this press. No. Anyway. But, I mean, you know, it's a good thing it's there because it introduces Sebastian for some reason. Um, yeah, and he, he, I don't know what's going on with his dad. Um, no, neglectful, I would say. But, yeah, but then why is he trying to set him up with Katie? Because she's aggressive. <laughs> Maybe. And he's like, oh, come and meet me at the playground tomorrow. She, she, he wants Katie to be his uh, surrogate mother. Yeah. His stepmother, should I say. Um, in order to put his dad into place. <laughs> Stop with the child labour. Try and be there for your son. <laughs> well, yeah, he asked to meet him at the playground tomorrow. And uh, Katie's like, I'll try really hard. Yeah, you really, really convinced us there. I'll try my best. At the police dinner party, one of the cops questions why Teddy is there, so he aggressively shows him his badge. And I mean, he has these random moments where he looks like he's about to murder someone. Yeah. And his eyes go really wide, and he starts shouting. Um, he, he explains he's dead to see Commissioner Lynch. So he walks over to see him, uh, smacks a random female party guest's ass with his tail for great hilarity. She mistakes it for another man standing nearby, so she smacks him. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Lynch doesn't seem particularly interested in why Teddy's there, and instead introduces him to Eliza Kane, his maker. Like I'm, I'm sure you've already met him. He this created you. This is the you. weird part. Yeah, they act as if they've only just met. Yeah. Um, one weird thing as well. I'm sorry, just going back slightly. Just noticed in my notes. Katie finds a random dog on the street. Yeah, and she? it looks like um, Teddy's dog. Yeah, which was really confusing because yeah. I thought it was the same dog and the dog had ran away. We don't see that dog again, do we? No, we see Teddy's dog. We see Teddy's dog again. But did she, she's like, oh, you know, he's working at the cafe, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can you do me a favour? Can you take this dog, take it to my house, feed it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this kid. <laughs> He's regretting asking you to be a stepmom now. <laughs> She's got him to work too. Um, I just thought that was really good. Yeah. You never see the dog again. It was like, what? What does this? What is this for? Unless it is Teddy's dog. I mean, later on he just comment about how the dog's sick of him leaving him there alone. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the dog's still at Katie's apartment. So she we never see that she never goes back to. She never sleeps. <laughs> no. Neither of them actually have any, like, sleep time or no. anything throughout the film. <laughs> but they're at the soiree. Yeah. The lady's got her ass slapped. Um, he's talking to Eliza Kane as if they've only just met. Mm-hmm. Even though apparently that's his father and that made him. Yeah. So who the fuck knows what that weird relationship's about. He starts almost crying whilst telling Commissioner Lynch that he wants to be more than a publicity stunt. And he wants to work the dinosaur case. Yes. 
It is repeatedly referred to as the Dinocide case. Dinocide. Yes. Budget Charles Dance um, is playing a butler and tells Teddy that he, uh, you can have anything he wants from the buffet, but the cookies are one per customer. So he distracts him and starts stealing them all. Okay, number one, one per customer. Are they co- they're not customers. I know, yeah. They're there for a party. <laughs> it's a soiree, for fuck's sake. Customers. Yes. Conveniently, though, because that means that he can steal them all and it's, it's going to be hilarious. Yes. And the fact that this very posh party actually has a big bowl of cookies yeah. as well. It's slightly unbelievable. But it's a kid's film, so we'll, we'll forgive that. Um, yeah, so um, Summers, another cop, points out to Lynch that this could be his opportunity to look beyond species and make Teddy the first dino detective. So there's some weird commentary here on... Um, on racism? Is well, it? It's, it's a... It's a it's a strange one. I suppose it's on just bigotry in general. Yeah. I would say. I think some sometimes it feels like there's a reference to race. Uh, other times it feels like there's a reference to, um, well, homosexuality, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're going to a club soon and... Uh, I'm pretty certain it's a gay bar. <laughs> yeah. Or, you there, know... There is a gay bar scene. There is what feels like a gay bar scene. So I'm assuming it's just talking about bigotry in general. Okay, again, reminded, this is a, a kid's film. This is a kid's um, film. With commentary on bigotry. Yeah, but kids Important for kids to learn. do that. Yeah. But you kind of, number one, make it a good film. <laughs> and number two, just kind of tackle the issue... Kids aren't going to get the nuances of it all. No. You know, they're, they're going to watch it and it's going to be a film about dinosaurs and people not liking yeah. dinosaurs. They may not equate that to the real world. Uh-huh. So, it's... And I, I, I'm assuming that's the point they're trying to make. You know, props to them for trying, but it muddled. Very muddled. Lynch gives uh, Teddy the case and he gives Lynch and Summers a big hug that nearly kills them whilst knocking the buffet over to great yeah. hilarity. Yes, so I thought that the commissioner said that he was going undercover. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Then they tell him that he's got a partner. Mm-hmm. So they go outside and say, I'm going to introduce you to your new partner. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to team up with a veteran. We then get someone who looks like Dolph Lundgren, (laughs) dressed as the um, characters from Contra, slash Rambo. And behind him is Katie, who pushes him out the way. (laughs) And uh, she's the uh, grizzled veteran that uh, he's going undercover with. Yeah, Teddy is gagged. Gagged. He's so shocked. I'm not sure why. It's <laughs> never explained why he's, he's gagged. Um, but surely undercover means Katie probably shouldn't be wearing her cop outfit. <laughs> yeah, she never wears anything she else. She never wears anything else. So at no point is she undercover. But I swear, <laughs> you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because 
Some of the dialogue in this film is incoherent. We'll go into that. One case in particular. But I swear the commissioner, played by um, Richard Roundtree, isn't it? Mm -hmm. From Shaft. Yeah. Um, so there's some names in this film. Um, I swear he says undercover. You're going undercover. Mm -hmm. At no point is he undercover. No. At all. No. Um, he introduces the both of them to each other and explains the assignment. Katie is fucking fuming. She's fuming. <laughs> Her exact dialogue is, He's a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. Come on. He's a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, what's, what is his name? Summers? Yeah. He says, You're not specious, are you? <laughs> to which I just wrote in my notes, Oh, wow. Like, really? Is speciesist? Is that a word? Uh, apparently. Apparently. Teddy suggests that they make... hand in hand with dinosaur. <laughs> Teddy suggests that they make the most of it means they're partners. And Katie informs him he's a dinosaur. He said he's always dreamed of being a detective. We know this because he repeats it quite a few times. Yeah. Summers is one of the bad guys uh, and informs Kane and his assistant, Dr. Veronica Shade... <laughs> it was absolutely serving in a red dress that she never takes off. Okay, no characters in this film know how to change their clothes, no. apart from Molly. And we have to watch her changing her clothes. Yes. And she's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, no one changed... Even though this goes on quite a few days, it's very much The Simpsons, in that everybody has their assigned outfit. Um, yeah, Dr. Veronica Shade... Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not being funny, but surely... There's got to be a drag queen out there called Dr. Veronica Shade. Hopefully inspired directly by this film. If not, then I think we're going to have to go into drag. I think Just so. to be called Dr. Veronica Shade. Um, they're informed that Teddy has been put on the case and then Summers leaves the limo. Edge is driving the limo, uh, waves a necklace around and says it's from Adam. And uh, Veronica Shade has the worst British accent I've ever heard. It's not good, girls. Like, you do realise that the missile launch is midnight tomorrow. It, it, like, and I checked, she, she is not British. It is fake. The driver tells Veronica not to get her knickers in a twist. And Kane informs him that he thinks failure reeks of imperfection. Don't get your knickers in a twist. That's very... Very British, isn't it? They're just talking shit. Like it, it sounds like they're picking words out of a hat and just saying them. Yeah. Does he say don't get your knickers in a twist or don't get your panties in a twist? No, he says don't get your knickers in a twist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Also, Doctor Veronica Shade is played by Juliet Landau. Okay. Who you may remember as Drusilla in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um. So there's some names. She played Loretta King in Edward as well, but she's probably most known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm sure all of these names have probably buried this film very deep. Yeah. Um... I'm just thinking <laughs> the emphasis is on Whoopi Goldberg, which, you know, as it should be, because she was the star and she was big box office name. Um, but there are other actors yeah. in this film that should be, that should be embarrassed. <laughs> um, Ed reveals that he's given Spinner his chance at redemption and that he needs him to keep an eye on Teddy and Katie. Um, Teddy invites Katie into a shitty car and raises her seat to the roof so she bangs her head for hilarious comedic value. Hilarious. Very funny. 
and he says, where would you go to have a dino autopsy? The Museum of, the, the museum of Natural History, of course. Uh, and then they go to the Museum of Natural History. They do, they do. Um, when they enter, Teddy is <laughs> creeped out by the fossils. Yeah. Katie's not sure why, but it's... He can feel his ancestors. <laughs> They're just watching him and telling him to follow his heart. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's... that's. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Not as weird as what's about to happen. It's um, just, I, I mean, because in, in other films, particularly films about race, there is, you know, some narratives based on ancestors. Uh-huh. And, you know, I just think it's a little maybe on the nose. Yeah. If because we're we're actually and uh, I'm assuming this is what the filmmakers were trying to do, and they were trying to make a kids film that is an analogy for discrimination. Yeah. Racial, sexual orientation, um, not gender. Um, but well, I mean, so having a man walk in front of Whoopi Goldberg and then push that away because of expectations of who a tough cop should be. Yeah, but I'm assuming. Yeah, that's very true, actually. But I'm assuming they're trying to make an analogy for discrimination, and for him to sort of go into this museum and see the fossils and talk about his ancestors, it just it fell off for me mm-hmm. because. Obviously, that there are films where African Americans talk about their ancestors mm-hmm. in, in a similar way. Their ancestors are, of, of course, you know, slaves and yeah. were highly discriminated against and murdered and and such. So it just it didn't sit right with me. I don't know if that's what you got from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was their intent, whether that's what they're a little going too for. on the nose. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like that. Um, very clumsy, I thought. Yeah, if if that's, if that's what they were going yeah, if, for. If they put that much thought into that's it. That's how it felt. Yeah, maybe I'm putting too much thought into it. <laughs> they go. That's what I do, I'm sorry. <laughs> In a bizarre series of events, they go to the autopsy where they're greeted by a disturbing-looking dinosaur corpse and Dr. Armitrage, head dinosaurologist. Yeah. <laughs> um, just say paleontologist, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It, bitch, if on one hand you're trying to teach kids about, you know, discrimination, at least afford them a little bit of uh, leeway and just say pe- paleontologist. Uh-huh. And they'll be like, Mom, what's a paleontologist? Oh, it's a dinosaur scientist. Oh, oh yeah. fantastic. Fabulous. Dinosaur. Because these kids are going to go into school and start talking about dinosaurs and and say... <laughs> Oh, who, you know, studies dinosaurs? Oh, it's a dinosaurologist. And everyone's going to laugh at them. And you're like, that's stupid. You know? And they were like, oh, no, I learnt it from Theodore X. I love how you assume anyone even watched this back in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I learnt what a paleontologist was from friends. And, you know, they said paleontologist. I looked it up in the fucking dictionary and learnt what it was. Well, she reveals, this dinosaurologist reveals that the uh, the corpse died from an explosion close to his snout. Teddy starts making horrific noises like he's about to throw up when he pulls out the butterfly from the corpse's nose. So, I mean, literally, he's standing over this corpse. He's like, give me a minute. He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
What the fuck are you doing? It sounded like he was trying to bring up some phlegm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it was this dinosaur connection thing. Yeah. He found exactly where this butterfly was. Um, my, what I found funny is this uh, Dr. Armitage. She was just sat on her ass doing yeah. absolutely fuck all. And they were like, have you performed the autopsy? No, I haven't had time to perform the autopsy. <laughs> Bitch, you've just been sat there doing nothing. We saw you before they entered the room. We saw you. You were sat there. You were checking your fucking nails out. Someone's died. Get that autopsy done, bitch. Also, if she hadn't done the autopsy, how does she know that he died from an explosion near his nose? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think it would be pretty obvious? An explosion near his nose, but surely we see his nose. It doesn't look <laughs> yeah, like his it's face caved is, in or anything. His face is in one piece. Yeah, bashed. Teddy calls through to, again, another explosion that's killed someone specifically, but yeah. also done no damage to their face. Yeah. Teddy calls through to the station and gives the corpse's tail print through a fax machine. <laughs> yeah. The cop on the phone immediately knows the dinosaur was Oliver Rex. Husband of Molly Rex. Teddy is like, oh, oh, Molly, Molly Rex, oh, oh. And Katie's like, oh, do you know her? And he's like, oh, I wish I knew her. Oh, she's a fit singer at a nightclub on prehistoric place. Okay, at this point, we think this is her husband. He's just been fucking murdered! And you're thinking about getting your cock wet? What the fuck? Highly inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, sorry, it's a film with puns. Dino Cock. Dino Cock. Um, we go to, of course, we go to the nightclub on Prehistoric Place, where a terrifying-looking dinosaur dances while staring into your soul whilst looking at the camera. Yeah. And he's mumbling, he's like, <laughs> and he's just looking straight at the camera. Um, this is absolutely a gay bar. Well, they're welcomed by Tina. Yeah. Who sounds like a guy putting on an effeminate voice. Mm-hmm. And it turns out... She is. Yeah. Because the voice actor is a man. Yeah. Tina is a drag queen in uh, SM gear. It kind of feels that way because it does sound like a very stereotypical man putting on an effeminate voice. And there's some stereotypes there. She's absolutely dressed in SM gear. Yeah. Like she's head to toe in leather. Yeah. Serving. Um, and she gives him a tour. She's like, she greets Teddy and acknowledges he's with a soft skin. Now, that's what we call humans in this film. Yeah. A soft skin. I thought she said foreskin at first, but, you know. Yeah, they go on a tour around the nightclub. Um, Rock, a dinosaur, a predatory dinosaur at a table, claps at Katie and rolls his eyes around to flirt with her. Um, Rock is not there because it's a gay bar, clearly. Rock is clearly heterosexual. Yeah, he has a thing for soft skins. Yeah. And he's got his eye on Katie. Again, that's really weird. Well, it gets even weirder because Katie and Teddy randomly start having a heated conversation about eating meat um, when Katie gets distracted by Rock having a wank over at his table. Yeah, he does seem to be playing with himself. It's, <laughs> it's, a di- it's called a dino wank. His hand is moving up and down, having a full-on dino wank whilst making eye contact with her. And uh, Teddy, oh my God, he's like, 
Are you listening to me, you fucking bitch? He is absolutely fuming. I just, I don't. He uh, just snaps out of nowhere. I don't understand this part of the film where he does snap out of nowhere because it happens a few times. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, what is that meant to be? <laughs> because he's he's painted to be. Yes, he's a dinosaur, but they're vegetarians. Yeah. They don't believe in violence. No. You know, and that goes that goes against the stereotypes of dinosaurs, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're looking at it at face value within the film. We're not looking at analogies. We're not looking at anything like that. The narrative of the film is that people look at dinosaurs in a particular way mm-hmm. and he's playing against those stereotypes. Yeah. But then every so often becomes aggressive uh-huh. for seemingly <laughs> no reason. It's true. Like, if his mother had been killed... You could understand if they'd done something personally to him, but all she really did was kind of not listen to him whilst they were having a slightly, uh, well, a kind of heated com because every fucking conversation is not heated, <laughs> a heated conversation about dinosaurs being vegetarians. Yeah. And Katie, play, you know, discussing the stereotypes that she feels towards dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, no wonder she was distracted. There's a fucking dinosaur having a dino wank over her. Yeah. She goes for a stroll to get out of Rock's eyesight. Uh, and, and Teddy just fucking... He's straight up. Okay, man, be careful. Okay, you were literally just screaming in her face a second ago. Yeah. Um, she struggles to get past a bunch of dinosaurs with her tails hanging out. This joke just really gets fucking <laughs> boring really quick. This idea that dinosaurs can't control their tail. is uh-huh. like, I get it. You can't control your tail. There's so many jokes based around... <laughs> Dinosaur tales. Oh. It's time for Molly's big performance. Molly, portrayed by Carol Kane uh, as Mae West, as Molly the dinosaur, <laughs> um, where she's introduced as the bodacious, prestatious, mesozoic mama, Molly Rex. Yeah. Oh, I hate dinosaurs. Oh. She's absolutely giving Mae West. <laughs> Mae West after... Three bottles of tequila. Um, she sings a lovely song called I'm No Angel. Which, <laughs> oh, no um, angel. And she is fucking incoherent. I'm going to say it now. It happens throughout the whole film. <laughs> I love you, Carol Kane. Love Carol Kane. God bless her. But I can't understand a fucking word you're saying in this film. <laughs> you're going for Mae West. I get it. But I can understand what Mae West was saying. I cannot <laughs> fucking understand any word that comes out of Molly Rex's mouth. Um, what about her outfit in this performance? She's given a great outfit. I well, got, it's, it's Mae West, isn't it? I've got, got a hat and everything. I don't know. I mean, I've got chaotic drag on a dime outfit. Slutty Eliza Doolittle. <laughs> um... While she's performing this song, Teddy is in the audience, tapping his feet really fast, and he's constantly going, oh, 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 oh. He is, he is literally having an orgasm at his table. There's a few dinosaurs in this film, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> she makes her way over to Teddy, and he can't take it. He has to look away from her, whilst making more suggestive noises. Yeah. Meanwhile, um... Katie uh, gets burped at repeatedly. Yeah. And eyed up at the bar... Um, there's a dinosaur with many very sharp teeth, uh-huh. uh, smiling at her, and she says, and you think you're going to get somebody? 
Not tonight, baby. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I'm, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I put way too much emotion in there. I, I think it's probably... It's the one scene where she puts a slight bit of emotion Not into it. Not tonight, baby. Is when we get a little bit yeah, of emotion little. from her. And then she laughs at him. And that's also that's horrible. You know, don't it's judge him by actually kind of, Yeah, it is quite rude, actually. But um, then they are... Be- it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Because she's... They've just had a heated conversation mm-hmm. where Theodore Rex has said, actually, it's you soft skins that are the violent ones. Mm-hmm. You know, you go around with your wars and your guns and this, that and the other. And he makes a point of that. Then he gets aggressive mm-hmm. for no apparent reason. The conversation is based on bias and stereotypes that KT knows from prehistoric history. Yeah. You know, dinosaurs ate each other. They were aggressive. This, this, that, and the other. And was this the same year as Jurassic Park? Oh, year after, I think. Was it the year after? Yeah, it makes sense. Whatever, yeah. So, based on Jurassic Park, where people get eaten on the toilet. <laughs> um, and they're the bias. But then she's actually being harassed by these dinosaurs. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit like... What, What's the film trying to tell us? <laughs> are dinosaurs misunderstood creatures? Or are they actually predators <laughs> that get aggressive? And, you know, well, really, just really inappropriate. Well, yeah. you're like burping in her face and trying to come onto her and such. And having random dinogasms. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what's your narrative here, film? <laughs> Katie suggests that they go and speak to Molly. So Teddy grabs some flowers from the table and gives them to Molly. Um, again, another bizarre series of events. Uh, Teddy and Molly flirt and discuss how they both had visions last night. And Teddy's like, yeah, well, your husband was murdered last night. Uh, and Molly's like, oh, oh. And again, she has another orgasm. She's like, oh, Oliver was my roommate, not my husband. And Teddy's like, hey, great. Yeah. Wait, no, not great. She, either way, is a roommate. You just got murdered. Somebody died. <laughs> and uh, Katie's like, what exactly was he? Molly's like, a pussy cat. And then seductively starts taking her dress off whilst revealing that Oliver was an entertainer. <laughs> yeah, an entertainer and a song and dance man. Yeah. <laughs> Why was he working for... What's his name? Why is she seductively taking her dress off to the camera is the more important question. Well, I mean, it's, it's a Mae West impression. She's like, um, and Molly slips into something more comfortable and Teddy tells her how beautiful she is. She's like, oh, oh why don't you come to the funeral? Oh. Um, Katie's like, hang on, this is bullshit. Molly, you just found out that Oliver was dead and you have a funeral arranged. And Molly's like, sweet, funerals are a dying custom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Katie leaves the room when Teddy and Molly start <laughs> flirting some more. And I shit you not. Molly turns to Teddy and like, oh, Teddy, I'll see you at the funeral. Oh. I will see you at the funeral. What kind of fucking pickup line is that? Not a good one. I mean, she gets a man in the end. She does. She? Spoiler alert. This, this guy's just died. Your roommate has just died. <laughs> What does she do after they leave? What is this um... teaching kids? Yeah. <laughs> well, what is any of this teaching well, kids? Teddy leaves and she starts sniffing her flowers and then starts aggressively eating them. She does. 
Katie greets Teddy by saying, your mind has shifted down and your glands have taken over. What? Like, what does that even mean? What, how are kids going to interpret that? That you're a dino erection. <laughs> dino erection. Um, the, yeah. Spinner and his henchmen spy on Katie and Teddy. Teddy goes home and Spinner and his men follow him. Yeah, the, the men are on skateboards and they're dressed top to toe in black. Apart from red eyes. Yeah. Which is actually quite creepy. <laughs> um, do you remember Return to Oz? Yeah. The wheelies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I th- they're giving me those vibes. They're quite, I think they're quite creepy. Out of context, they'd be quite creepy. But yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, it, Not in this film. I mean, this entire film is fucking quite creepy when you look at it um, in certain ways. I.e. whenever you look at the dinosaurs' faces. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, they start destroying the truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Teddy has absolutely no... I keep calling him Teddy because they... That's, yeah, that's I don't think he's crazy. actually referred to as Theodore. He is once during the best line yeah. of the film. So they start destroying his truck. Oh, yeah. They start destroying <laughs> his truck. We then have Katie who's at... Now I put... Katie is at an autopsy of a clone that yeah. she sent over... The clone has a new Eden symbol on his fingernail. Mm-hmm. And I just... Did I miss something? Who is this clone? What is this clone? And then I remembered, oh, shit, it's the guy from, yeah. that was being chased. He was on skates. Yeah. Yeah. So then I realised that. But because this film was so fucking incoherent... I was, I was sat there and I was like, who the fuck is this? Well, he's in this really weirdly lit, dark and mysterious room. And the guy doing the autopsy is like, we're all slaves to our own DNA. <laughs> what the fuck? What? The, the, the clone's like action man naked, isn't he? Yeah. Like, the, there's nothing going on <laughs> south of the border. Um, but, yeah. Well, she, he's literally like, ah... Oh. It's a man named Adam. Katie gets a call from Teddy who's been attacked. And she's like, see ya. Okay. Yeah. No, nothing else? You don't want to wrap this up? No? She finds Teddy stuck in his car, which is now covered in what looks like jizz. Um, yeah. But we find out that the henchmen in this film, when they attack people, they spray fire extinguishers at them. No, I thought they set it on fire and he had to extinguish it. No, he was trapped. They, they literally... They kill... A character later on by spraying him with fire extinguishers. Oh, yeah, of course. Kitty asks if he pulled his gun when he was attacked, and Teddy reveals he doesn't have a gun because he doesn't believe in violence. You literally murder someone later in the film, but okay. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you must lead a pretty charmed life then. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, he wants to be a cop, but he doesn't want to carry a gun or use a gun. No. Anyway, Spinner reveals that he got some stuff. I don't know what message that's transcend to the kids? The Spinner reveals that he got some stuff from Teddy's car for the black market, and Edge is fuming because he didn't just watch and gives him one last chance, or I'll stick him in the blender. He already had a last chance. I, I don't know. He did. Um, but yeah, he can look, but he can't touch. Yes, Teddy and Katie go to the police station. What? What abuse did he get on the way in? So, on the way in, because I don't know what this film's going for, um, cops are bad people. Yeah. Um, as they're going in, a bunch of cops are staring. 
One of them says, her Beauty and the Beast. To which another replies, yeah, but who's who? <laughs> um, completely out of nowhere. This really... Completely unjustified read of poor Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> this really riles up uh, uh, Teddy, doesn't it? Yeah. He goes to the front desk and asks for another Rex-friendly vehicle. He is fucking fuming. Because the guy at the desk is like, oh, will you take care of it this time? You're already in the doghouse. He's like, you listen to me, you fucking piece of shit. Give me a fucking new car now. Yeah, and Katie's like, don't piss him off. <laughs> what? what? Who is this character? Who is this? Is he either aggressive or is he not aggressive? Well, the cop's like, oh, oh, well, I've got the perfect vehicle for you. And Teddy's like, well, get it outside right now. <laughs> then someone shows his face. Yeah. People, people, people. What does the world come to when a cop car gets stripped with a cop still in them? <laughs> and everyone laughs. Everyone starts laughing. But then they randomly stop with absolute silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it even cuts to the next scene. It's, it's giving me police academy. <laughs> Lynch grills them about the car and uh, because it was brought with taxpayers' money. What fucking kid's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Our tax goes towards that. He tells me how they embarrassed... <laughs> he tells me how they embarrassed the department. And uh, then he says to Teddy, who he put on his mission as an undercover detective... And says to him, look at you, you piece of shit. You don't even look like a detective. And Katie's like, listen, sir, you cannot judge a dino by its scales. Hang on a minute. Of course he doesn't look like a detective. He's undercover. <laughs> but then, who is Katie as yeah, well? And she does. She was arguing with him. She was arguing with Teddy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is Teddy's fault. Because were, yeah. he was blamed. So the commissioner was blaming Katie. Katie was like, no. You know, this is Teddy's fault. I, I left him for a bit. You know, I told him to go home, blah, 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 blah. It was his fault. Um, Teddy was hurt by her blaming him. Uh-huh. And then she's defending him. Yeah. Um, saying, don't judge Dino by his scales, which, again, is in keeping with what I believe to be the theme of the film. Uh-huh. Um, but why is she... And she just wants to argue with everyone. She does. She really does. She just she's just arguing with the commissioner for the sake of it now. She's just arguing with Teddy for the sake of it, should mm-hmm. I say? Uh, because I do agree, you shouldn't judge a dino by its scales. Um, but who is this woman? <laughs> who is this character? She's just she's just out for a fight, isn't she? She, is. she really is. She but is. She, but that's not what's that's not what Whoopi Goldberg is portraying no. because she's so fucking bored throughout the whole film. <laughs> Lynch reveals that he shouldn't have listened to Summer's idea of a dinosaur detective and Katie questions him about Summer setting the whole thing up. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I just put, I'm really confused by this clone business. <laughs> Teddy goes to see Ella, um, a detective stylist. Yeah, played by e- e- Edith Diaz, who I recognise as a choir nun from Sister Act. <laughs> Because I'm a huge Sister Act fan. Reunited with uh, with Goldberg. Um, yes. Yeah. She's speaking to Teddy about his new look because uh, he needs to blend in more. So she's like, oh, you should go to the zoo then. And he's like, Ella. So we get a montage. She's reading, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Um, in a bizarre series of events, we get a montage of Ella using a computer 
to dress up Teddy in mostly cultural appropriating outfits. Oh, don't. First, he's a Viking. Uh, by the way, he has well, a different... an opera singer. Uh, yeah. Viking opera yeah. singer, that sort of thing. He has a different accent of each one, of course. Of course. Then he's Mexican. Uh, so, of course, he has a moustache and but a it's, sombrero. It's not just Mexican. It's a Mexican bandit stereotype. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ugh. Then he's Hawaiian. Yes. Scottish, after this. Yes. Katie walks in, and she's like, oh, just make him look like a cop. So, she dresses him in the exact same outfit he went in there with, but swaps his hoodie over for a different colour. Don't, I swear, I, I thought my eyes were deceiving me. Genuinely. But it is generally just a hoodie, jeans, and Converse. Yeah. Isn't it? It is the exact same outfit. Which is what he was wearing when he yeah. went in. And then Kate's like, you look a real cop. And at this point she sounds bored and exhausted. Like It, it genuinely sounds like she's about to fall asleep. And because it's the 90s, <laughs> he replies with, oh, I'm too sexy for my clothes. Oh. <laughs> That was May. That was giving May West. That was giving more May West than Carol Kane gave. All the oh. kids at home watching. Oh yeah, he's well sexy for his clothes. Oh, I'm oh. too sexy for my clothes. Oh. Katie tells Teddy that they're going to question Kane, which he isn't too happy about for a few seconds, uh, but it quickly changes his mind. He's like, "Oh, this is pretty much my father. We only fucking met him yesterday." <laughs> I don't even know. I, I don't think they've slept. Have they slept? I mean, he'd been sent home in the middle of the night, but then all this sort of happened afterwards. I'm assuming they've slept at some point. I, I feel like this whole film is in real time because the more it goes on, the more exhausted oh the Goldberg looks. Don't. Um, the new van arrives and Teddy is disgusted by it. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a garbage truck and he has to sit in the back of it whilst Katie drives. Yes, which is, I mean, an undercover vehicle, or is it it just happened to... I'm assuming they use these trucks, the police, for undercover cases. Uh, Maybe. So are they back undercover again? Oh, whatever, I don't don't fucking care. They make a stop off at the playground for Katie to be introduced to Sebastian's dad. Spinner um, is already there and filming children from a distance. Yeah, (laughs) so this is... A diversion from where they were going. They were going to this New Eden place. So Spinner really shouldn't have known no. that this, they were stopping off there. Um, so he's... He especially shouldn't be there. Kids yeah, like, he's filming them. And also because this is uh, set in the future, they're playing hockey in the middle of what appears to be... A, oh, I don't know what, how you describe it in America... But a rubbish tip. Yeah. There's like rubbish all all around them. Because this is the future and everything. You know, it either looks like Blade Runner. Or it looks like... Um, oh, what's that film where the homeless people drink the poison? Street, uh, street, street trash. trash. So it either looks like Blade Runner or it looks like street trash. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Um... Yeah, they're all they're all playing hockey. Sebastian is like, oh, don't worry, my dad's not here. He's at work. What do you mean, don't worry? What the fuck's he gonna do? What do you mean, don't worry? I know. And then um, I, I, mean, I thought the whole purpose of her going was to meet his dad. Yeah. Um, and then he gives her a badge case for some reason. It's such a neglectful father. So neglectful. <laughs> but he did. Yeah, he made her a badge case. 
Teddy's. Uh, like, I, I already thought they had badge cases. Well, yeah. Police, but anyway. Teddy's like, oh, can I play hockey, kids? I have a candy bar named after me. May I have three bars at the same time, please? What the fuck? Get this fucking dinosaur away from these kids. It, it sounds uncomfortable, doesn't it? May yeah. I have three balls at the same <laughs> time, please? And he scores a goal with three balls at the same time. And the kids start chanting his name. Yeah, well, he scores with his tail, which I'm pretty sure is against the rules. Because his tail is huge. Are, are you big on the rules for dino hockey? It's not dino hockey. Well, it's, it is when he's playing. It's soft skin hockey. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. (laughs) Edge gives Kane and Dr. Veronica Shade the footage and they watch Sebastian giving Katie the badge case because that's the most important moment, apparently. Katie and Teddy arrive at New Eden where there's a new pair of animal... uh, uh, There's a pair of every animal there that's ever existed. And Teddy's like, it reminds me of when I was cloned. Memories, memories, memories. Okay, that's dark. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's like... There's two. There's a pet, two of each animal that's ever been on Earth. Yeah, and what do we uh-huh. get? Plain old zoo animal. <laughs> yeah, get a couple of zebras. Yeah. Uh, All that they could afford. Yeah, a couple of tigers. <laughs> it's like oh, no, no offense. You know, I love all animals. Um, but you know, you've gone for the plain ones there. You could have had a couple of dodos or something. <laughs> Well, they mock Veronica Shade's shit British accent when they walk in, like, oh, all right, I got some crumpets and tea, love. It's for the whole fucking (laughs) scene. Like, initially, I get it. This is the kind of, this, you know, it's 1995. It's a kid's film. Mm -hmm. An easy joke. Make fun of a British accent. Hilarious. Great. But she does it every time this poor Dr. Veronica Shade (laughs) opens her mouth. The response is in this ridiculing British accent and there's no reason again <laughs> she just wants to fight <laughs> she just wants to I, she's trying to wind everyone up she's been a little bit of a bad influence on Teddy as well because Teddy's the same now like every conversation it just wants to argue <laughs> everyone it's like as far as they know yeah they have a hunch that he's got something to do with it but you know, this... How is ridiculing her accent going to <laughs> help? It's really unprofessional. I mean, <laughs> they should probably be taken off the case. They just show up and start mocking people that they're questioning. Um, but they ask two very basic questions. Yeah. Um, pretty much, like, did you have anything to do with it? Pretty, can be summarised. <laughs> did you have anything to do with this? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. Oh, we'll be going then, bye. Well, she's like, oh, yeah, um, so, oh, yeah, Veronica Shade, uh, yeah, you do know that these corpses are registered to here. That's a little suspicious, isn't it, bitch? Yeah. Um, and then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sebastian finds a random arcade, this is fucking weird, finds a random arcade machine at the park that has been learned, put there to lure kids in. And he walks up to it and is snatched through it. He's fucking kidnapped. Yeah. Then we've got Oliver's funeral. Oh, don't. The most chaotic funeral this to is... ever be put to screen. Turns out that Oliver was liquefied <laughs> and his essence is feeding the flowers and everyone can take flowers home. To sum it up, um, it's been turned into liquid to water flowers. Yes. Everyone can take home a piece of Oliver. Yeah, which is... 
I don't, I don't know why Fucking the weird. films felt the need to do I mean that's did, horrifying did they not afford the, of a, Oliver's costume to put it out on display did they not want to put it out on display why can't you just have it in really big exactly I mean, I mean you're, a, you're a kids film yeah that's having a funeral scene yeah it'd be far less horrifying if we saw his corpse again than knowing that he's been turned into liquid yeah. and they are watering flowers with his fucking body. But also, didn't Molly Rex eat flowers? Oh, fuck. She does again later on. Oh, wait a minute. Does she eat the flowers from this funeral? Let me go forward in my notes she a bit. I swear are. she actually does. If they eat flowers, because they're like, oh, his essence is feeding the flowers. She literally eats flowers again after the scene. Yeah. Everyone takes flowers home from the funeral. She Everyone eats takes Oliver. Flowers. She eats, eats oh his essence. God. His dino essence. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the chaotic funeral is underway. Um, Somebody, an unidentified <laughs> dinosaur is having a complete meltdown. Yeah. Uh, wailing, incoherent. I didn't get any of no. what she was so saying. So about, we're next, we're next! She's like, oh, Tina's... Oliver, oh, Oliver, oh, Oliver. I'm not, really not sure what's going on. No, the Queen herself, Tina's there. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's speaking the truth. Go on, baby doll, you testify. Are you serious? Kane and Veronica Shade show up. Um, Kane blames himself for Oliver's murder because he brought dinosaurs back to Earth and promises to find who did it. It's so, so weird... Way to put it. Like, I'm not sure what they were going for no. with him saying, uh, I am responsible for Oliver's murder. And yeah. like, oh, I mean, was he you, just going to admit it to everyone? You actually are. Yeah, he's going to admit it to everyone. Um, and then he's like, because I brought the dinosaurs back. And I'm like, <laughs> weird way to word it. No, you know, no parent of, you know, of, of someone who's murdered goes down and says, Oh, I'm. I blame myself for bringing him into the world. Like what? Um, it, it gets even fucking weirder and more chaotic when the dinosaur hosting the funeral starts playing bongos and everyone starts going fucking crazy, banging on their tables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming. Uh, how would we describe him? Dino priest. Dino priest. Dino vicar. <laughs> It sounds too much like Diana Vickers. It does sound like Diana Vickers. What's well, a throwback for everyone? Molly thanks Teddy for coming to... Ch- oh, thanks for coming. Oh. To the funeral. Uh, and asked him to walk her home. So... Oh, why don't you bury me sometime? <laughs> he tells Katie about it. It's like, Molly wants you to walk her home and it's police business. What was I? Hatched yesterday. But wasn't... I mean, her roommate was murdered. Well, yeah. I mean... That is police business. That is potentially police business. And, you know, she could be next if it's a serial killer. Teddy's like, look, I just want to go and give her a quick finger. Can I please just take her home? Dino finger. (laughs) Come on, Gary. Katie's like, oh, "Oh, you're giving me the eyes. Go and walk her home. Yeah. Okay. This I do not get. I do not understand. She says, don't do the eyes. You know it kills me. I mean, they genuinely do. They look like they could kill someone. They're horrible. But... Number one, when has he done the eyes before? Never. Because we've seen every single moment they've spent together yeah. in the film. And he's never... 
he's not done those eyes no. before. Like, why Why is this film making shit up? <laughs> like, we, we're here, we've been watching the well, whole time, unfortunately. Do you remember the start of the film when she got her call on the uh, the little projector thing and that random guy was on there yeah. telling her off? And she's like, yeah. oh, I love it when he does that. I do. Yeah. I, okay. You love it when he does that. This character has never been introduced again. Why was he telling you off? What do you love when he does? What What are you talking about? In the trailer, they make it look like she's talking about Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> so in in a bizarre series of events, my favourite scene of the film, the best dialogue in this film, <laughs> Teddy's leaving the funeral with Molly. A random dinosaur pops up out of nowhere and it's like, Theodore, I advise you to give up your dream of becoming a detective. Teddy's like, no, I can't do that. And they leave. <laughs> and then they go, what? And the dinosaur's like, oh, he never listens. <laughs> what? Like, Why does he need to give up his dream? Like, number one, bitch, who the fuck are you? <laughs> number two, how do you know that he's not doing a good job? <laughs> Okay, this this guy was murdered before he became a yeah. detective. And thirdly, if you're going to come up and, you know, tell him, try and tell him about himself, <laughs> you need to fucking clarify that opinion. Back it up. And, and this is the only time when Teddy didn't get aggressive. I know. And this no... is the one where he should have said, Oi, bitch. Don't you fucking come over here and tell me what I can and cannot do? Yeah. But no one else ever gives him this advice either. No. Like, there's no reason to why this advice should be given to him. Wow, Biffany. Wow. Sebastian is taken to Kane and uh, bites Edge's hand. And to transition to the next scene, we zoom into Edge's mouth. And it cuts to the next scene. Oh, we do. Oh, fucking hell. Teddy takes Molly back to his apartment and is like, oh, do you want a snack? And she's like, oh, oh I'm a fool for cookies. Oh. Um, Teddy makes a stupid face at the camera and starts shouting about cookies. He introduces Molly to Zippy and Zippy is fuming. So he's like, ah, oh, it's okay. I've just been neglecting my dog. Not been feeding him, not been taking him out. He's been left alone so much recently. Dog's starving. <laughs> She um, taught the dog to say cookies and, and then he what, fed. I mean, it's the thing. The dog ain't getting fed or a drink or being walked anytime soon because there's only one thing that they've both got on their minds. Molly slips into something more comfortable, puts some music on and puts the flowers from the fucking funeral in her mouth. She puts Oliver in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and they start dancing together while smashing up the apartment and making orgasm noises. And Ted is like, oh, I'm Dino getting... Orgasm. <laughs> Dinogasm. Oh, I'm getting chills on my scales. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> much hilarity from their tails knocking shit over. I mean, we, this is probably the 50th time we've seen this joke in the film. <laughs> he gives her a ring um, after, you know... Excuse me? Well, <laughs> dino ring. Um, oh, God. And tells her to go to... Uh, he's going to go to work. So he walks out like he's just lost his virginity now, the best shag ever, um, and grills Katie on why she only thinks humans can fall in love and why she hides her soft, gooey spots inside. Yeah, so when he leaves, Katie is in the front of the the, the van or whatever, mm-hmm. the, what, what's it called? Garbage truck yeah. or whatever. 
And she's making fun of Teddy, essentially. So, uh-huh. Um, why is the camera tilting from side to side? <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. Did you know it's it's true. It does, it does. <laughs> why is it tilting? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> do it in any of the scene no. of the film but it's and it's a real fucking tilt it's like whoa whoa <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> she's like making fun of it <laughs> um <laughs> Teddy suggests that Katie keeps her emotions to herself no she doesn't keep her emotions to herself she she's has no issue letting her emotions <laughs> but there usually is I've had enough of this shit yeah. emotions and um, he suggests that she has a like a motherly affection for Sebastian, which is very evident to everyone. I mean, <laughs> you can be a bitch to grown ass adults well, yeah. and be nice to kids. That doesn't mean you're hiding your emotion. <laughs> Have you seen that video of Gordon Ramsay where it's like Gordon Ramsay with adults and he's like, "You're a fucking cunt. <laughs> this is shit." And then with kids, he's like, oh, you burnt your brulee. It's okay. It's fine. We'll try I mean, again. The, the main question here is, why is, why is uh, Teddy bringing up Sebastian to Katie after he's just gave Molly a good scene to? I'm sure there's plenty of other things you could be discussing right now. It's a little weird. That is true. A butterfly expert informs the both of them that the butterfly found with Oliver has been traced back to someone called the Toy Maker, and this scene is absolutely trying to be Silence of the Lambs. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> I was so confused. My problem is because this film is here, there, and fucking everywhere, uh-huh. there were moments where I had to catch up on my notes um, just so I could get all, you know, the real juicy stuff down. And I kind of missed this scene. I ain't going to lie to you. So I just put random scene with a mechanical butterfly. I'm confused. Yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. They're just talking about this toy maker. Yeah. So they go to a facility where dead humans are kept and brought back to life in a PG-rated kids film. Yeah. Um, doors wide open. Yeah. Uh, they just walk in. They just go, you know, off the street. Doors open. They walk in. A fart noise happens. Yeah, well, they're at some sort of lab where dead humans are being kept in hopes of being brought back to life, just like the dinosaurs. Uh, Katie makes Teddy act stealthily, uh-huh. even though the door was wide open. <laughs> hilarious fart joke. Oh, hilarious. Everyone loves a fart joke in the 90s. The first it is a butt trumpet. A butt trumpet. I mean, that's something that needs to be brought back. I mean, if we're going retro in clothes <laughs> and stuff, a, a good old fart joke. Um, then they get to a desk and ring a bell for service. <laughs> After sneaking in. After sneaking <laughs> in and making this whole point, don't make a noise. <laughs> oh, no one's going to hear us. They then ring for service. Yeah. That would be like Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise dangling down <laughs> from the roof gets to the end and starts ring-a-ding-ding-ing a bell. Yeah. Like, Oi, anyone here? Well, they're introduced in a really bizarre series of events. They're introduced by a puppet um, who welcomes them to dead storage. Before he could say many words, Katie, of course, who is always aggressive, is like, I'm going to get in that fucking bag in a minute and snatch you to pieces. Like, oh my God, yeah. what's he done? 
And, but he's like, oh, I'd love it, baby. Come get it. The elf put, they ask a small creature in a bag if they can see the toy maker. As with every conversation in this film, it turns to an argument, as the creature doesn't know who they are talking about. The creature calls on a fl- on Fluffy. Fuzzy. Fuzzy, excuse mm-hmm. me. Fuzzy for help as it's getting heated. And a furry caterpillar emerges and turns to a butterfly and very aggressive, uh, very unaggressively shows them through a door further into the building. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the butterfly's just like, yeah, come on, guys, follow me. Like, calling for backup. Like, what's the point? Meanwhile, Molly's having a bath um, in Teddy's apartment when Spinner's men break in to kidnap her. And they say, you're coming with us. And she's like, oh, not in this life, green boy. And she kicks him in the balls and into a lamp. They're not even green. Yeah, they're not green. I thought that was, was that not her tail? What part of her was hanging out the bath? I don't know. Surely it would have to be the tail, wouldn't it? Oh, I don't know. Spinner pops in through the window and holds a gun to her. Um, we're then taken back to another fart joke. Yeah, Katie's still going on about the fart. Yeah, because he does another one. Yeah, does he? Yeah. And the butterfly's gone now, whatever whatever the butterfly was doing. The toy maker, a, um, played by a Chinese actor, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming it's a Chinese character, uh, greets them politely, although he does mistake Teddy for a dragon, which I thought was a bit of a, a shit. Yeah. Chinese joke. Um, Katie... Oh, then says, what, because, you know, every conversation has to be an argument, says, what is this, kung fu or something? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not good. I know it's 95. I know it's a sign of the times, but fucking hell. Um, Teddy's, meanwhile, Teddy's doing the stupid accent to speak to the toy maker and tells him he needs a gun because their weapons are too bleeping small. Just say fuck. Just go for it. I mean, I think Kaz is very adult in this film. He might as well. Yeah, Kate very, very loudly says, is this a ruse? Yeah. And, um, it is. <laughs> so... And you've suggested it very loudly. Well, in in, in absolutely no time, Teddy tells the toy maker to trace the butterfly uh, on a dead dinosaur back to him. So, he leaves... The, the toy maker leaves an explosive butterfly with him and escapes... The entire fucking building explodes. Yeah. The puppet receptionist is like, hey, I ain't cleaning this up. <laughs> Teddy and Katie are fucking are fine. Not a single mark on them at all. Yeah. After this explosion ruined the entire building. Yeah. They tie up the toy maker and start interrogating him. Like, I thought he disappeared. Yeah. I thought the whole point was that he left the bug that exploded... And he disappeared. Yeah, but somehow they found him. Somehow they no found him. No explanation as to how. Teddy tries burping at him, but he isn't bothered. So he sits on him and starts farting, which causes him to cry. Teddy then threatens to eat him, and he's like, okay, shit, yeah. Molly and Sebastian have been kidnapped by uh, Kane. He's behind it all. Yeah, he just spills the, the tea completely. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, this, this is everything. Teddy then hits him in the head with his tail... And he and Katie start to look at him and see if he's still alive. I mean, he could well be dead. Yeah. So Katie's like, yeah, so what? And they leave him for dead. Yeah. It's a, vi- a lot of this <laughs> film is all very convenient. Well, yeah. Like, oh, we found this mechanical butterfly. Oh, I know exactly where this was uh-huh. made. Go find him. <laughs> Summer's 
tells Veronica Shade that he has very big feet disease running through his family. So she gets a bunch of guys to spray him with fire extinguishers, which kills him. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know where that's... I'm assuming that was a dick joke, and uh, he was coming yeah. to her. Um, Sebastian is locked up with uh, a chimpanzee for no apparent reason. <laughs> because, I mean, it's not identified why the chimpanzee's been locked no. up. Obviously, Sebastian's been kidnapped. He's He's been locked up. But why the chimpanzee's in there, I've no idea. <laughs> was... Was the chimp in the rest of the film? No. No reason for him to be in there. Um, confusingly, Katie and Teddy, upon hearing that um, Edge was behind it... Kane. And Kane, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go straight to Spinner's hideout with great ease. Yeah. Um, and they don't get shot straight away no. for some reason. No one tries to shoot them. Um, and then, te- oh, well, no, Kate, Katie gets there and no one tries to shoot her. No. There's no sort of anything like that. And then out of nowhere, Teddy swings in. Yeah. And just apparently that solves the issue. Well, and well, yeah. Next thing we know, Spinner's taking them to New Eden via a helicopter. Yeah. Even though they n- know, they know where New Eden is because uh-huh. they've been there before. Yeah. Why go to Spinner... Before going to New Eden, mm-hmm. even though you know that eventually you're going to have to go to New Eden. Yeah. Anyway, what's the fucking point? Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre. And the thing is, they do that so then Spinner can show them where where Kane is. He is literally the only place he's been. <laughs> yeah. Other than that police yeah. dinner, he is the only place he's been the entire he's fucking film. There. You literally could just go there yourself and exactly. find him. Exactly. It's not that difficult. It's not even a mystery. So... <laughs> Edge tells Sebastian to read a message for his girlfriend into a camera. That's fucking weird. Katie is an adult. Sebastian is a child. Yeah, and then th- nothing comes to that anyway. No. Spinner flies Katie and Teddy into the compound. Um, they fly through the building. Veronica Shade shoots Spinner. Yeah, they crash through, don't they? Spinner yeah. gets shot straight away, but Katie is taken away for some reason. Yeah. Just shoot her, for freak's sake. <laughs> The henchmen grab Katie, um, and uh, she's like, oh, here she is. It's, what is your name again? And Katie's like, oh, uh, and she says a surname. I can't remember what it fucking is. Uh, the henchmen try taking her away, but she breaks free. She does, with great ease. Teddy wakes up from crashing into the building, and Kane admits to killing Oliver in the clone. Yeah, Katie's like, where's Teddy? Where's Teddy? Seemingly he's in the same room. He's in the same room as you. Just knocked out. He admits his evil plan to create a new Ice Age and then launches a missile. It's like, okay, you're doing the stereotypical 90s thing, I get it, but it's fucking dumb. Yeah. But he has to explain his entire plan to him. Exactly. Because apart from the scroll at the beginning, nothing's actually really in-depth discussed. I mean, unless I'm missing something, which I I could be, because... You know, it was shit, and I did switch off, and it was incoherent. Veronica Shade holds a needle to Teddy, uh, and he tells her he's scared of needles, so she says, just one little prick, and you'll end up in paradise. (laughs) Is that not Molly's line? Uh, It should be. One little prick, and you'll wake up in paradise. He knocks her out and locks her in a freezing chamber, um, presumably to die. Yeah. Yeah, seemingly. Um... 
Katie is doing her action hero bit. But yeah. It's so dark. I don't really know oh, what she's doing. All this is so dumb. She's just barely shoot, 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 doing shoot. anything. Yeah. Um, she finds Sebastian uh, with great ease. Yeah. She knew exactly where he was being kept. Um, she says, who's your friend? Uh, talking about the chimpanzee. And he says, I just met him. Can I keep him? She's not your mum She's not yet. your mum. She not even... <laughs> even met your fucking dad. She didn't even question it. She's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> fine. Teddy accidentally unlocks Molly's uh, freeze chamber. I was say Molly's chamber. That's a song, isn't it? It's King's Leo. Yeah. Is it accidentally unlocks Molly's chamber with his tail to great hilarity. Edge shoots Katie repeatedly. Yeah. Which makes her short circuit. Yes. Yeah. She's a fucking robot, apparently. <laughs> <sighs> Apparently, like you get the old Emperor Palpatine lightning around. Yeah, her. Um, that means Teddy has to go on by himself. Well, tries to shoot Teddy as well, but he misses. Um, yeah, but Teddy pretends he's been yeah. shot. Um, Teddy wants Katie's gun, but she suggests he may be r- right all along. And there are better ways to resolve issues without a gun. Yes. Um, she calls him partner. And I, there was a little tear in my eye. <laughs> The old, they really truly are partners. It's brains over bullets. Brains over bullets. Um, this performance of uh, Katie being offline and frozen is absolutely <laughs> clearly Whoopi Goldberg's favourite scene where she has an excuse to not she do anything. Excuse, yeah, spot on. Spot yeah, on. great. Yeah, no, don't worry about me. You go on without me. <laughs> Teddy goes to save the day with his brains over bullets. He manages to pull Kane. Out of an escaping car with a bit of rope. Yeah. Edge continues driving in a bizarre series of events into a billboard which causes the car to fucking explode and kill Edge in the process. Yeah. And somehow Teddy stops the missile. Yeah, he just... He gets on whatever remote it is, makes the uh, missile explode in space. Yeah. And he saves the day. (laughs) But he literally murders someone. Kind of. He just has I an mean, entire conversation. Technically, it was Edge's own fault. But, you know, <laughs> he, technically someone did die in there. And potentially, old Dr. Veronica Shade died as well. Of course. Uh, we then cut to the commissioner. It is so rushed. But this ending is so yeah. fucking rushed. It, it is. It's kind of it's very convenient. Yeah. Like, finding straight away. Finding him straight away. Um unlocking Molly's chamber with his tail for folks that, you know <clears throat> we then cut to the commissioner who's apologising to Teddy at a ceremony the ceremony is making Teddy an official detective yeah um he says to the words to the effect of scales soft skins we're all the same his arm's in a sling for some reason I don't know why he didn't get shot he didn't injure himself in any way who's Arms in a Teddy. Sleep. Teddy. Oh, fucking hell. Um, Molly's there. She's like, oh, Teddy, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Rock is there doing a creepy wave to Katie. Oh, God, yeah. Why is he there? I don't know. <laughs> He's one of the friends from the, the club. From Teddy, the Teddy asks Katie what she's doing for the next 40 years. And uh, he's like, Katie, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. And to end the film, we're given a, a little bit of writing on the screen saying, see ya. See ya. Yeah, see you. That's Theodore Rex. That is Theodore Rex. 
the, and I will say it, most incoherent children's film I have ever watched. I had no fucking clue what was going on. You know, I sit here as a 33-year-old man who's watched a lot of films. And a lot of them quite complicated films. Yeah. And I've, I've still, you know, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I've managed to follow them. Mm-hmm. Theodore Rex, I was perplexed. <laughs> perplexed. And I'm 33. Imagine being 10 and trying to follow that shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is horrifying, is over-sexualised in places. Yeah. Um, it's bizarre. It is absolutely... When we talk about a bizarre series of events on this podcast, it is absolutely what we're talking about. The references are like 50 years behind. Like, yeah. you're referencing Mae West. Her big sort of time was the 30s and into the 40s. No kid's going to get a Mae West impression. But at the same time, it is an absolute (laughs) trash to piece. Highly entertaining. It is on YouTube in full for free. I would watch it purely for Whoopi Goldberg's performance. Because it's not a performance. She is hating her life. Yeah. And it shows. It it really does. Bless her. And I'm so glad that she did manage to survive Theodore Rex and her career is still continuing to this day. So, uh, if, if you're a fan of Theodore Rex, that's the right word for it, um, let us know on social media. We're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm DelacGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like, follow, nothing else. Give us a rating on Spotify. And we'll be back next week with double episode week. Where we'll be discussing Trug <gasps> on Tuesday, yes. bringing more Joan Crawford to the podcast. Yes. And on Friday, we will be preparing you for our Valentine's episodes by discussing my bloody Valentine for our first original versus remake of 2022. Yay! Two great films. So we will see you on Tuesday. Bye.